0: You're listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics, featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak.
1: Welcome back to a, another season of The Dudes, presented to you by Tanner Marlar. I am Cody Blazak, and this is just the beginning of season two. We are so excited to be with you here for the second season. It has been a great first season, and it's even better to be here for the second season. We just introed with Dixieland Delight by Alabama. Speaking of Alabama... It was a fun game come Saturday. We will get into that in just a moment. Before we get into that, just talk a little bit about Season 2, our expectations, what we are trying to do here. Obviously, courtesy of ninety-one-one WMSV recording studio, we love the studio here and being able to do all of the stuff with people we work with here and being able to air it on the station along with all of our podcasting sources. Tanner, over the the winter break while we were preparing for season two, we started to put some things together. They're not fully in motion yet, but we're looking to make this a higher quality sports uh, podcast slash entertainment segment. Correct,
0: correct. And the biggest thing with that is, you know, when we started this, we wanted to be able to give our listeners, specifically those around our age, uh... An experience an experience that is a little bit different than something they may be used to already. Uh, just another option. And throughout this last season, we found out that that is the exact demographic that we're reaching is these people that are that are either in college or right out of college, your mid20s, your late 20s, early 30s, People that are of a younger generation that are still in tune with the sports world and think about it the same way that we do. And when we started this, Cody and I said, we want to be able to provide those listeners with as high quality of a product as possible. So what this break that we've taken has been about is all of it has gone towards making this a higher quality show, not just for us in terms of what we can present and the content we bring, but for you, the listeners at home and what you like to hear. So, as always, we're always open to any kind of feedback. Uh, we have, you can follow us on Twitter, at TheDudesPod. Our messages are open on there. That's the, that is our main social media platform. You can find me on Twitter at Tanner underscore Marler. Cody, you can give your handle. We're all, uh, my messages are open. If you have any kind of suggestions or uh, any comments or just want to talk about the show, feel free to hit us up.
1: My handle is Cody Blazak. You're going to spell that. It, capital C-O-D-Y, capital B L A S Z C Z A K Z C Z <laughs> C C C C. So, we also mentioned closing the season out that demographic-wise, where people are listening to. At that time, we were in two countries. That's correct. Tanner, I didn't tell you this. I didn't know this until very recently. We are now in four countries. Four countries? The United States... Romania, hey, Germany, and the UK. Hey, look at that. Believe it or not, you would, looking at this, you'd think, oh, it's only like one person. 90% is from the United States, 5% from the United Kingdom, 3% from Germany, and 2% from Romania.
0: Well, would you look at that?
1: So, what we're doing is obviously bringing smiles to our faces. It's been incredible being able to do this and we're trying to we we are working very hard to make this a higher quality thing endeavor yeah we've been working quite a bit it seems like Tanner put together some really good stuff over the break we're hoping to get a season two graphic on the way here soon hopefully so we're excited to be back doing All of these episodes, we had 33 episodes for season one. Obviously, our last one was a little just kind of have fun. We cut some things together, our favorite moments. Obviously, we had Julie Doherty-Dennis and just her phenomenal run this season in volleyball. Connor Smith coming out with his hit, I Hate Alabama, right as Alabama lost to Texas A&M. We were able to get him on, what was it, three days afterwards. Hopefully... To come this year, we will have some other pretty amazing guests on the show. Hopefully, maybe, wink wink, we'll get Connor on sometime because rumor has it he will be in town. Well,
0: there is no rumor. If Rick's has made it official, Connor Smith will be at Rick's Cafe 4122. If my math serves you right, that is March 4th first 2022 to make that even better guess who mississippi state baseball plays the week before that would it be would it be the other university down interstate 82 that is known as the university of alabama
1: i think that is correct so it's timing is just working out great for us this year but All right, we'll jump into the legit things that we do here on The Dudes. Obviously, we came in with Dixieland Delight by Alabama. I think it just served right after Alabama's loss to Mississippi State here at home Saturday night.
0: And what a game
1: that was, Cody. Iverson-Molinar, 24 points, I believe five rebounds and four assists. I believe so, yeah. Garrison-Brooks, 16 points, 10 rebounds, the double-double. You know, I I said coming into the season, I thought Garrison would play a huge role. Struggled early on, looks like he's getting it together, and I think that's the team as
0: a whole. I think he really needed that big breakout game.
1: Yeah, we, we, listen, we had four big-time transfers coming in, in Rocket Watts, DJ Jeffries, Shaquille Moore, and Garrison Brooks. Listen, they're going to be, I think at some point in this season, they're all going to be very big players. They're going to do a lot of good things for this team. I think we had our expectations a little high in the season, thinking they would all click just like that with a snap of a finger. But we see they're starting to get that rhythm now. You've already got Iverson Molinar. He knows the system. He's been playing here for the past couple seasons. Now Iverson is really starting to show who he is, and he has the surrounding players. Iverson scores 24. Garrison scores 16. Shaquille Moore scores 15. That's absolutely incredible. The way I look at it is – you got five really good players, excuse me, six really good players, including Tolu Smith. I personally am not the biggest fan. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's a person you can build a team around, but I think he's going to be a very key component to this team's success this year, especially when he gets 100% healthy. But when one player isn't shooting well, you've got five other guys to make up for it. Just like against Alabama. DJ Jeffries didn't play well. Shaquille Moore played phenomenal. Tolu Smith didn't play well. Garrison Brooks was there.
0: Rocket Watts is still iffy, so... But the thing with Rocket is, Rocket looks more comfortable every single game. Rocket, especially in the game... I think it was the Ole Miss game. Obviously a loss for Mississippi State, but I think Rocket looked his most comfortable in that game, and he's looking more and more comfortable as time goes on. And with Tolu, uh, obviously Tolu missed a couple games in a row due to some medical reasons. It wasn't injury-related. Uh, but I'll let you infer on that. Him coming back and not forcing the issue in a big-time SEC matchup tells me a lot about the kind of person that Tolu Smith is. Tolu Smith wants to put that team first, I believe, and he'll do what he has to do in order for that to happen. I mean, he didn't have his best outing by any means, but for the time he was out there and the foul trouble he was in, I believe he poured in six points uh, a couple – Good, good bit of rebounds and whatnot. I think the biggest surprise of the season so far, though, has been Anderson Garcia.
1: You know, Anderson is one of those guys where he's not started, but I, I would definitely consider him a role player.
0: He, I, am, he, I
1: he, am comfortable at any time when he's on the floor. He isn't one of those guys that is going to go out consistently and put up big time numbers. He he isn't that guy, but he is that guy late in the game where he's going to just rebound the life out of that ball and do whatever it takes to get to it. And then he comes up with a huge steal with what under five minutes left against mm-hmm. Alabama that essentially, in my mind, sealed the What's game. What's a dagger? He he. Listen, he isn't this all American no scorer like Iverson Molinar, is. but
0: he's one of the guys that you need. He's the type of player that you need in a locker room. He's the type of player you need in any kind of situation because foul trouble is something that this team is going to get in. All teams get in it at some point. And to be as deep as this team is, it's a blessing. There there are two types of players, talent players and hard workers.
1: Anderson Garcia is a a very hard hard worker. worker. He is just... He's that guy that is going to go out. He has to earn his minutes. He isn't going to be that guy that just shows up and is instantly good, which all teams have that player. All great teams have that player. He is that player for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And, listen, I know we talk about the big numbers with Iverson and Garrison and Shaquille Moore. Shaquille Moore didn't shoot well from the field, Shaquille but just throws... three of
0: ten from three and went nine for nine or three of ten from the field and went nine for nine from the line. So four of those points on those free throws coming in late game situations, I believe with under two minutes left in the ball game. That man has got ice in his veins. If he's not having a great night from the floor, he's going to find ways to get to the line and contribute. And that is what I love about his game. He plays so strong and low to the ground. He's also got the highest vertical on this team, and it's not even close. I mean, he's he's probably six foot even, and he almost hit his head on the rim on a dunk the other night. Yeah, we we talk about
1: those three players and their numbers for that game. I, they're good numbers. I'll give it to them. But without Anderson Garcia in that game, it's I, a completely I'm different not ball game. sure what happens. It's a completely different ball game. It, even, you know, we don't talk about Cam Matthews enough in that game. Cam Matthews came up with some – insane offensive rebounds late in that game. There was a there was a possession he shot like three times and missed them all and, and got, re- the, got rebound. the rebound, tossed it back out outside the arc. He took a minute and a half, 2 minutes off the clock. He oh, may a- not have scored,
0: but you No, you that made possession that game, ended in free throws.
1: Uh, you got points out of it, yeah. but you took a ton of time off the clock and just made that advantage that much easier
0: for you. Yeah. So and not it wasn't Cam's best game by any means, but it was good enough, and he gave good enough effort that it was it was serviceable and what you need out of him in a late game situation when Garrison and Tolu are in foul trouble, you need offensive rebounds and you need defensive intensity, and that's what he brought. Yeah,
1: it looks like this team is starting to click, and even I, I thought this earlier. We talked about Ben Howland and he's a very good recruiter. He he's a better recruiter than he is a coach. Yeah. It's as simple as yeah. that. He's incredible at recruiting. But what I saw in that Bama game is he's becoming a much better just analytical coach. He 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 used to do this where you took a lead, you took the good players out. I think he's starting to see that oh we even take a lead let's build on that lead let's get this d- game done and I noticed that he left our big time players uh, he had to for one and it paid off the only time that I got nervous in that game was at the end of the first half when he did take some of our starters out yeah, and when, and when they were in took foul trouble yeah. yes which I understand the situation uh, the circumstances I understand why you do it but it just shows to me this team is clicking. And where we, I believe on Joe Lenardi's Brechtology that came out this morning, we are the la- one of the last four in, along with Oregon, Florida, and cannot give you the other team at the moment because I can't remember.
0: But State's got a stretch coming up that is going to be huge in terms of just where they wind up. But what I want to kind of direct you towards is the current Ken Palm rankings. Right now, Mississippi State is 40th in the Ken Palm rankings. Somehow, Arkansas is still ahead. Arkansas is at 38th. Florida is at thirty seven, And I feel like that's a good enough spot to transition to our next point, which is this upcoming matchup against Florida. Because you're matching up with a team that's ahead of you in Ken Palm, who is also ahead of Arkansas, a team that you've already beat. And guess who's at 39 in the Ken Palm rankings? Colorado State. A game in which Mississippi State should have won. So it's a very weird and kind of awkward spot to be in if you're Mississippi State. You've got to win over number 38, you've got a loss to number 39, and you're about to play number 37. So that, that's going to be a huge game, and it's going to be a huge Q1 win if Florida can stay in Q1. Because for those of our listeners that don't know, quad one wins are what gets you into the tournament come Selection Sunday when you're talking Q1, Q2. And the Arkansas victory, I imagine, will be a Q1 by the time this year is over.
1: Yeah, this this Florida game, so I I know the way ESPN's um matchup predictor, the basketball power index work. It it works a little odd, but and it, it factors in being at home and all of this, but I, I don't understand how an Alabama team that is ranked according to their uh uh BPI they were projected to lose to Mississippi State, by a, a substantial margin, and now Mississippi State, thirty-seven percent chance that they're going to beat Florida, seventy percent or sixty-three percent chance Florida's going to beat Mississippi State.
0: I don't. This is one of those things where I don't know if the experts really know what they're talking about. Well, a lot of it is a home game atmosphere. Florida will pack out a game for. A, well, Florida. Florida's got a good basketball culture. it's, It's a better basketball culture than here at Mississippi State, and that's a fact. But either way, you now have a victory over, and I'm still on Ken Palm here, number 17, Alabama, which is huge. So I really think if you can get out of this next stretch of games with only one or two losses, I think you're set up really well in terms of your rankings nationwide, in terms of what they're going to look at come Selection Sunday. Because you're going to have to match up with Kentucky at some point. You've already bested Bama. But then you also have to worry about Texas Tech, which, although it's non-con, is a very big game. In a way, ranked game at
1: the moment, indeed. Listen, the way I see this is, Mississippi State has... Some big-time opponents coming up. I believe in the season, they have left 14 games, if I'm doing my math correct. If I remember correctly, seven or eight, I can't remember which it is, are quad one games, which is huge. So, uh, listen, I think you take half of those. I think you make a very good statement.
0: I think this team is going to have to win. They're sitting at 12-4 and four right now. If they want in the tournament, they need twenty-one or twenty-two wins.
1: I think over these next four games, which you're going to get Florida away, Ole Miss at home this Saturday, then next Tuesday you're going to get Kentucky on the road, and you're going to get Texas Tech on the road as well. I think this is where you need to go at least three and one in that four games. You need you got four quad one games, or excuse me, three quad one games. I don't believe Ole Miss is Ole Miss a quad would one. Ole not team. be a quad one now. So you've got Florida, Kentucky, and Texas Tech being quad one teams. Uh,
0: you go 3-1 and one in that stretch? That I think you're making a good case I, I think case you're for making yourself. a very good case. I think you wind up in the top 25. Uh, uh, Especially it, if you come out of there with a victory over Kentucky and Texas Tech. Or uh, Texas it, Tech. Away, too. Away, too. So, because Texas Tech is currently 15th in Ken Pom, I believe. So
1: th- this state basketball team is looking... It's, let me take that back. They're starting to look like we thought they would. Yes. We we go into let's we'll get focused on this Florida game coming up. It's going to be uh tomorrow evening. I don't want to say night, but 5:30, so tomorrow evening in Florida. They will be playing in Gainesville. Florida, like you said, culture of basketball is pretty pretty historical. They've got a good team. It's just been one of those things where Florida is – they got some good years. They have some bad years. Um, last year, Florida was pretty impressive. We're going to see – I think come this conference schedule, we'll, we'll really see what Florida is about. I, I, I would think they end up a quad one team at the end of the year. They've had some close games. Uh, not, not super close, but you had Alabama – Lost by 13, kind of a rough loss. Then you lose by 12 to Auburn, who is now the number 2 team in the nation. You lose by 6 to LSU, then you come back and beat South Carolina this past Saturday by 8. Now you're going to host Mississippi State, who looks like they're starting to get hot. Iverson Molinar, the SEC Player of the Week, which was announced yesterday by the conference office, He put up 28 against Georgia, 24 against Alabama this past Saturday. He is looking as hot as they come. Like I said earlier, and I thought it would take a little while for Garrison Brooks to be that player. We thought he was going to be here like he was at UNC. Obviously playing different. He's not playing his true position. He's doing different things, but he's starting to fill in to what we thought he would be. Going into Florida what are your thoughts on just Florida as a team? Sitting at 10-6, and 6, thought they were going to be a little better, not better, but have a better record at this point in time in the season. They were ranked early on uh, in November, mid-November 24 and 23 until they dropped, or they went to 14, excuse me, then dropped 20 and then, then dropped out of the rankings so uh, what are your thoughts on just this team season so far being ranked not very well in the 20s then dr- jump into 14 then back to 20s and then out of the rankings
0: well to start out the season as I was just reading Chris Dortch in his Blue Ribbon book had Florida ranked as a B team across the board a, a B tier team across the board which is kind of on the bubble there. I thought personally their ranking was about right when they started the season. I didn't like the 14th ranking, and then we saw what happened when they got to 14 and now being bounced out of the top 25. But we also saw the same thing with Arkansas. I think Arkansas will wind up finishing the season in the top 25. I think Florida could wind up finishing the season in the top 25. I think Mississippi State could wind up finishing the season in the top 25. The SEC is that deep this year. But to get back to Florida, I think they're, a ve- they're obviously a very talented team. They're a, they're a place where recruits want to come play. Hey, kid, you want to come live on the beach and play basketball? Sure. And now with NIL, that, even gets, that gets even more sweet because obviously, let's be real here, it's a little bit easier to find NIL deals in the state of Florida than it is here in Mississippi. So I think I, I, they're a very talented team. They're a very well-coached team. I believe he's been there for six or seven years now. He's got his program established. They're his guys. It's going to be a dogfight, I think, in Gainesville. I don't think Mississippi State walks in there and takes a double-digit win. I think this is going to be a closer ballgame.
1: Yeah, you were talking about teams finishing in the top 25 in the SEC. You look at the SEC right now. You have Auburn at two, Kentucky at 12 LSU at 13 Tennessee at 24 Alabama just dropped from the rankings and Arkansas, they'll find their way back in it you know Arkansas kind of up and down realistically in my mind if things play out I think it's possible Auburn or Auburn's going to finish the season the top 25 uh, yeah. there's one team A M right now is number two in the SEC and I'm not sure how legit they are I think they're
0: I think they're legit legit.
1: The, the past couple years we've seen them uh, they've made runs in the tournament. They they've been a team where you look at your bracket when you're filling it out and it's like I, this team has been up and down but they They're make, bracket busters. Yeah, they're, they're bracket busters. They are a team that consistently just ruins people's bracket and all it takes is getting in the tournament to do that. You ain't, you don't got to go
0: undefeated no. or win
1: the conference
0: title. You don't have to. And You've got to have let, a good enough season. Let's clear the air here. If Mississippi State is not ranked in the top 25 at the end of the season, that does not mean they are not making the tournament.
1: No, absolutely. But So you have Texas A&M that could potentially finish top 25. Depending on how legit they are, they're going to get a real test Come tomorrow at 7:30 on the SEC Network against number 12 Kentucky at home. So that is a be huge a game test to watch. I think Kentucky will finish top 25. I think Kentucky is better than Auburn, and I think we will see that come a couple weeks. I, I'm not sure about that one. We'll, we'll find out because Kentucky plays. I know they play them soon. They play them
0: this Saturday. Yeah, I, at I noon think on CBS. I agree with you. With the fact that I think Kentucky and Auburn sit atop the SEC this season, followed closely by LSU. I don't think LSU has the scoring to deal with Auburn. I don't I'm not sure there's a man in the country that can keep Oscar Tshiebwey off the off the boards. So, they're just two completely different animals of a team and I'm I'm really excited to watch that matchup because it's going to be two completely differing play styles and I'm it's going to be a good game. That'll be the game to watch. So, we have
1: that and then I think it's possible Mississippi State finishes top 25 as well. I think I LSU as well. will. I think Bama will fight their way back in there. I think it's possible Arkansas does. I think Tennessee will. And I think it's possible Florida does. So if you take all of those teams, we've got nine teams that potentially could finish in the top 25. And I don't think all nine will. I don't think all nine will either, but it's a possibility. I'll be honest with you, I think
0: Tennessee misses out on it.
1: I think Tennessee just has such a weird dynamic this year,
0: but I don't think I don't think their guy Fulkerson is near physical enough.
1: Well, we will uh, we'll dive into Tennessee a little more later on when we play come right? the season when we play them. I cannot. Oh, here it is. They we will play them February 9th here at home. So we'll see how that works out. Anyway, turning our heads back to this matchup between Mississippi State and Florida. What is Florida, in your opinion, what has happened to Florida to see them crumble like they have? Going from a, a low-ranked team to a, a medium-high-ranked team, back to low, back to out, What it, what's their issue right now?
0: I mean, in reality, I think it's just basketball. That's part of it. You get cold. You, you, get, you, go, you go on a slump, and in NCAA Division One men's basketball, a slump can be a killer. You lose two or three Q1 games, or you lose two or three bad games, and it'll wreck a season because those are some of the losses that will follow you all the way to Selection Sunday, which is obviously the day everybody wants to just get to. But you look at their last few games. They've got a close game with LSU in which they lost 64-58. to 58. Then you have... A win over South Carolina but it was just it's 71 to 63 this is a team that has the talent to hang with anybody but I'm not sure if it's a team that has the consistency to beat everybody if that makes sense because against teams like let's say Alabama where they suffered a 13-point loss Or Maryland, where they suffered a two-point loss. They're a talented team. But, like I said, they're just inconsistent. And if they have an off night, Mississippi State should capitalize. If they have a great game, it's going to be a dogfight. Iverson Molinar scored 52 points in his last two games. Uh, I believe that's right. 24 plus 28 should be 52. Either way. SEC Player of the Week coming in. I think... Obviously, he's going to get their best matchup, which is going to be huge. But now we can go ahead and transition into the old faithful tradition. As I was saying, as we always do,
1: before I realized my mic was off. Great job, Cody. Yeah. Sometimes it's, hey, we're, we're back. It's, first it's a little day rusty. Back. He's a little it's, rusty. Yeah, it's first day back. We try and... Hey, I turn my mic off when I'm not talking because I don't want any background noise to come in. So I do my best. I forgot to turn it back on. That's on me. Anyway, shifting into what we love here at the Dudes, the final part, the final segment of the show, our X-Factors. Hopefully, we'll be able to add a little something to the beginning of the X-Factors. Wink, wink, if you understand the hint we're getting at. Hopefully, that'll come very soon, but... We'll get into the X factors presented by Tanner Marlar at the moment. X factor number one. We'll call. Let's do a defensive X factor. Who who comes up with the big
0: defensive rebounds, the blocks, the steals? Who do you have for state? Who's that big defensive player? I got Tolu Smith in his second game back. He's had a couple really great practices on the defensive end of the floor. If he can stay out of foul trouble, I think he's again the centerpiece of this defense, come the Florida game. Now, if you want to talk offense, I, I like two big games in a row from Iverson, and I really do expect him to have another gem of a game. But I think he's going to need some a little more help in this one. I think they're really going to be keying in on him because I think he single-handedly almost, uh, in a sense, just decimated Alabama, drawing fouls and whatnot and playing really great defense. So I think he's going to need some help. And where that help is going to come from is to be determined. But if it is Shaquille Moore, if Shaquille Moore scores more than 15 points, they'll win this ball game. If Iverson turns in another good game and Shaquille Moore scores more than 15 and has a decent night from the floor, they'll win this ballgame. Because Shaquille Moore, he's got to get out of this slump. He's in a shooting slump is what he is. He's getting points, but not the way, but you, not the way
1: you would they're expect. They're coming from the line. I understand a point is a point, but we would love to see him – go 6 of 10
0: instead of 3 of 10, and then hit all the free throws. Nine, nine. and drop a nice little smooth 30-piece on him. But Shaquille Moore is going to be huge. Uh, I think, especially going down the stretch, there are times where he has this ability as a player to literally take over a ball game. And if he can do that, Mississippi State's going to win. He's got to break out of this slump. I don't think it's going to be at home. I think it's going to take an away environment and him just playing comfortably. And I think he does that. I hope he does that. So, uh, for me, personally,
1: for the defense, my player, his phrase, his motto, coming from Russell Westbrook, why not? I think Anderson Garcia is going to be another just huge piece in this game. I don't think he's going to score a lot. I think he's going to do what he has to do, make those big-time steals, those blocks, those rebounds. I think he will be a big-time key for the defense late in the first half to give him a margin and hopefully keep that margin throughout the rest of the second half.
0: He'll score six points,
1: and they'll all be dunks, in which is he could kiss the rim. For offense, I'm going to take a little different route than you. You had Shaquille Moore, his 15 points and over. I'm going to take DJ Jeffries. DJ like Jeffries, 12, like points, 12 points after... Over the past two games. Did not play well against Alabama. Didn't have a great night against Georgia. He shot the ball, I believe, two for six against Alabama. Yes, he shot two for six against Alabama. Then, against Georgia, he shot three for seven. Not spectacular. Five of 13, I
0: believe, if I'm doing my math correctly. Well, he's settling for jump shots. And as big and as long and as athletic as he is... He's got to get to the cup.
1: Yeah, I think I think he will be a big-time key. After two rough games, I think he comes back, conference game away, starting to see that this team needs him. They can win without him, but it, he does his part. It's it an, just makes it's it that much, much easier win. Easier. So that's where I'm going for that. Hey, if Rocket Watts can get in, I think he can put some points up too. He don't got to put up 10, 15. You get us 5, 6, I think that's even a good pick. Go to push for him. Oh, yeah. A
0: couple threes, come in, spread the floor. That's all you need.
1: I think that will about do it for today's season opener for season two. The premiere, I guess we could call it, for season two. Hopefully, we will have a new graphic soon up for you on our streaming platforms. For now, we have season one. We will get everything updated as soon as we can once we get it. Like we said, trying to make it a higher quality listening Source. i don't really know what that means but that's what came out but <laughs> um, english this is what we're doing here we're happy to be here happy to get you all the content we can hopefully we can get some things figured out real quick so everything we've hinted at throughout the episode can be a legit thing for tanner Marlar, i am cody blazak we will talk to you again come thursday on the dudes
0: The proceeding was a WMSV production.